When we hold on to grievance and pain from the past, we keep ourselves from being able to really move into our fullest expression of self. We need to practice forgiveness from the soul recovery perspective, dissipating the energy and releasing the past for good. If you're interested in this profound transformation, I invite you to join me in Colorado the weekend of June 8th and 9th to have an incredible experience with others on this same soul recovery journey. Two full days of immersion in the soul recovery process where you will indeed leave transformed. You will be able to truly let go of these old pains and step into a new way of being. Check out the show notes for a coupon code and how to register. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Thank you for listening to the Recover Your Soul podcast and being part of this very special community. This episode is one of the bonus episodes that Apple Podcast subscribers and Patreon members have had access to first, and now I want to share it with you. If you enjoy this episode and you want more Recover Your Soul every week, you too can be an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member and support the production of this podcast and the Soul Recovery Mission. The links are in the show notes. We have been going down the road of the 12 steps. We've talked about powerlessness in step one. We've talked about having the willingness to see that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to sanity. We have had step three, which is turning our life and our will over to the care of higher power as we understand it. We've gone through steps four through seven, which is the personal inventory, taking a look at the things that have hooked us, our resentments, our grievances, looking at where those pains came from. What is it that it is affecting in us, looking deeper and also being willing to look at our part? What is it that we do when we are feeling hurt? What are the mechanisms that we use? sharing that entire inventory with somebody, being really honest with ourselves, with another person, and bringing higher power into that. Then through that, taking a look at the defense mechanisms, our character defects, as they're called, that we have set up for ourselves to defend ourselves from this pain that we've had in our lives. 
And for me, I really think in soul recovery, it's like, yes, of course it makes sense why we've set up these barriers, armor that we have for ourselves. Then we've asked God to remove these shortcomings. Ask God to remove these shortcomings and allow us to be our full expression of self. We've looked at the assets, the opposites of what those shortcomings were. We've decided to turn the coin and live from a new and deeper perspective. These are profound changes and shifts. And if you've gone through this process, now you're at a place where it's time to make amends. Step eight says, made a list of people that we are willing to make amends to. I love that it just says that we're willing to. And then step nine says, made amends to those people where it was healthy to do so. It doesn't mean that we go to everybody. It means that if it's right for them and it's right for you, then you're going to go talk to them about it and make an amend. I had already recorded an episode on amends. It's season three, episode 18. And it talks more traditionally about steps eight and nine amending. So I wanted to bring in a little bit of a different twist, a little bit of a different perspective so that you're getting something different. And as I was reading through all of the Al-Anon literature, I came back to hope for today. I love this daily reader. And I'm just going to start with February 18th. And it's going to start with a little reading on step eight. And as usual, I will read and reflect where it makes sense. It says, as I began writing my eighth step list, the persons I had harmed, many wise Al-Anon members suggested I put my own name on it. The coping behaviors I had developed as a child had helped me survive the chaos in my alcoholic home. However, those behaviors were no longer necessary. By continuing them, I not only hurt other people, but I also hurt myself. I needed to make amends to myself, too. Some of my actions that harmed me were saying yes when I wanted to say no, stuffing my feelings when I was angry, avoiding the people I resented, allowing others to take advantage of the fact that I was often afraid to speak up for myself, and in general, allowing other people to run my life either by direct manipulation or by controlling me. It had seemed that to make amends to myself, I had to immediately change all those behaviors. However, I realized I couldn't change them all at once. Taking small steps in the right direction would work better than attempting a major overhaul. Gradually, I started saying no when I meant it, speaking up for myself when I needed to, and allowing other people their anger without reacting to it. I also needed to learn to forgive myself for the times I felt unable to carry out these healthier behaviors. Today, I accept myself as imperfect and allow myself to make mistakes. When I do, I use the 10th step to help me forgive and amend my own behavior. I find that the more I learn in Al-Anon, the less frequently I act against my own best interests and the easier it is to forgive myself when I do. The thought for the day says, am I including myself among the persons I have harmed? And the quote is, I didn't realize that I had harmed myself more than anyone else. And that's from Pastor Recovery, page 86. What I love, love, love about this is that 
This is a personal journey. This is taking a look inside. This is looking at the world from a different perspective. And that for most of us, for most of our lives, we've expended so much time and energy looking outward for approval, for us to feel loved, for us to be given what we think we need. We've looked for other people to provide us happiness. We've looked outside of us. And so, yes, it's important when we're doing this work to look at people that we've harmed. But for a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of us that are here because of Al-Anon, because of codependence, because of this enmeshment we have with people, it's not like we've left a lot of wreckage out there. It's more that we lost our way. We lost ourselves. We lost our ability to have clarity between what is them and what they need and what is me and what do I need. So what I loved about this particular reading of the eighth step is, yes, we need to really take a look at ourselves. We need to really take a look at ourselves and and how we can put ourselves on the top of that list instead of making sure that everyone else's needs are first. And it's important for us to, what we talk about, clear our side of the street, clean our side of the street. We're cleaning our energy. We're cleaning up our interactions. We're clearing up the things that are hiding in the depths of our soul closet that rear their heads in anger, frustration, or sadness, or despair when we get that little button triggered. But what we're looking at is this gentleness to ourselves that for so many of us, what happened in our lives that created these patterns that we have took time, either from growing up in an alcoholic or dysfunctional family, or from an adulthood, just figuring it out by ourselves and finding out that those were the ways that we could survive, that we we saved ourselves from chaos or from pain. And all that's okay. That's the piece. It's not judgment. We're not looking at this with saying, oh, this was right, this is wrong. What we're saying is, oh, that's that. That needs to be looked at. That could be changed. I can change that in myself. We're not changing anybody else. We're just changing us inside. Everything on the outside may actually be the same, but I guarantee you it will feel different. It's very profound. And that we often do not speak honestly with people because we're so concerned about upsetting somebody or saying the wrong thing or not being loved or not being accepted. And in Al-Anon, I think that sometimes there's this misnomer that says, if I'm a good Al-Anon person, I'm just going to bite my tongue and never have an opinion. And that's not what it's about. It's about having clarity and what is underneath the motivation of what you're saying and what is its intention So I'm going to do a whole episode that's based on just that because I think it's so powerful. But in making the list of people that you're going to amend to, I think it's so important and so powerful to make sure that you're added to it. 
I also loved how it said, learn to forgive myself for the times I was unable to carry out healthier behaviors. We're not looking back and beating ourselves up. We are going forward. We are being present right here, right now. We are working on being more mindful of this exact moment and making the choices in this exact moment and not getting too caught up in the future, not getting too sucked back in the past, just being here now. For step nine, I went to the November 28th page and it read, my parents didn't know I was angry with them because I was a good kid. I felt angry about the drinking and the constant chaos, but I never said anything. Again, we're on that voice, that sharing what you really think. I swallowed my resentment, thinking either my needs would go away or my parents would change, and of course, neither happened. In Al-Anon, I learned about alcoholism as a family disease and the role I played. My destructive childhood experiences were not due solely to my parents' alcoholism. I played a part in it too, and I lugged my childhood grudges into adulthood. I healed much of my pain through Al-Anon's fourth and fifth steps by pouring out my frustration and rage. All I really needed was to be heard. Then I could let go of some ugly feelings. To make amends to my parents in step nine, I decided to practice being a better daughter. For example, instead of expecting them to phone me, I started to call them regularly. At first, the conversations were awkward. Mom would answer the phone, greet me, and quickly pass the phone to dad. I knew my parents hadn't been able to provide consistency for me because no one gave it to them. I, quote, let it begin with me, end quote. By calling them with the same reliability I yearned for as a child. Now when I call home, mom seems more comfortable talking with me. We enjoy much longer conversations before she hands the phone to dad. And sometimes she even asks for the phone back so we can talk more. Thought for the day. When I take my parents' inventory, I hold grudges and sink deeper into my disease. When I take my inventory and make amends, I grow, learn, and love them more deeply. The quote is, let me remember that the reason for making amends is to free my own mind of uneasiness. And that's from Al-Anon is for Adult Children of Alcoholics on page 16. The reason why I picked this one was because sometimes the making the amend is a living amend. And I know for me, that has been a big part of my recovery is I have gone and had conversations with the people that I felt needed to have an amend that I felt that I had harmed them. But a lot of what I'm doing, a lot of what I'm doing is just being more conscientious of living from this place of let it begin with me. Letting go of the, if they would be like this, then I would be happy. And coming from the place that says, I am going to be the one that demonstrates the most intentional way of being in this relationship. I'm going to be the one to demonstrate love. I'm going to be the one to demonstrate forgiveness. I'm going to be the one to be present here now and connected to source and let go of the need for them to be something else. 
I also really appreciated in this one that it talked about how we swallow our resentments. We, as children, and especially as children, but as young people, and as we're growing up, we have these feelings and we just swallow them and hope that they're going to go away or that the other people will change. And of course, that's not what happens. Really understanding that dysfunction and addiction is prevalent in the families down the lineage helps to understand that we can have compassion for the people who had not been given what they needed, that they were given these tools that they continue to use, these dysfunctions that they continue to use to the best of their ability And that for the most part, for the most part, there's definitely some people who made other choices of how they treated people. But for the most part, most of our parents were just doing the best they could with what they had to offer. Now, it doesn't make what happened, quote unquote, okay. What it just says is, if we can have compassion, if we can stop taking the inventory, as they say, of the people around us and figuring out all the things that they do wrong, all their resentments, here's what they need to look at, here's what they need to do, and keep that attention on ourselves. continue to work these steps and process for ourselves what happens inside of us. That's what I love about the fourth and fifth step is writing it all down, having clarity about it, and then allowing it to come out in a healthy way with somebody who can hear you and not judge, cannot jump on your bandwagon and your ego, and to allow God into it, to just let it come out. And this living amend part is also for yourself just like we talked about in step eight in the last reading, that living amend not only is for the people around you, but it's for you. And how can you be gentle and kind to yourself? How can you treat yourself in the way that is best for you? So I love that she really talks about how she wanted more communication with them. So instead of being bitter that she's waiting for them to call, she goes ahead and makes the call and then she makes a decision that it's going to be consistent. So where in our lives, especially with the people that we love, can we put the battle down, as I say, the emotional battle down and stop waiting for the other person to be for us who we want them to be and take the step to be who we are and share that with the people in our lives. I love the final quote. Let me remember that the reason for making amends is to free my own mind from uneasiness. When we can look somebody in the eye and make an amend and say, I'm sorry for hurting you, even if there was a whole bunch of stuff that they did, right? I mean, even if they were spewing out all kinds of vile and horrible things at you, This isn't about you getting amend from them. This is about you being the one that comes forward with let it begin with me. So we react, respond, react to what's happening in front of us. And so when we can take responsibility for our part, letting go of their part, 
and look at somebody and say, I am genuinely sorry for how I handled that. I'm sorry if that hurt you. The freedom that comes is so profound because now their feelings belong to them. Now, how they continue to internalize it, how they continue to project it is their work to do. And then soul recovery, we're letting go, we're letting go, we're letting go of the need to fix, the need to change, the need to know better, the need to manipulate, the need to control other people and their circumstances and the world around us. And we're just paying attention to ourselves. So when you're doing these amends and you're looking at this part of the process, there's a lot to it, which is why with the 12 steps, we don't just go one through 12 and then we're done. When you're going through the steps, it's a way of life. It's a spiritual path. And you'll see in the next ending part of the 12 steps, how we revisit them. And sometimes if you're starting to feel really antsy and frustrated, it's good to go back to the beginning, start your steps again, and allow yourself to remember how much relief there is in each of the steps as we let go of control, hand it over to higher power, take a look at what's really irking us inside. What is it really about? Have curiosity, clean up our side of the street, get our energy clear, get our mind clear. It's a beautiful process, soul recovery. And again, in this particular series, we are going through the steps as it is for Al-Anon. I will be doing work on what I've come up with as the soul recovery steps, but they coordinate and connect with each other. But I love the fact that letting go, cleaning up our side of the street, taking responsibility, connecting with higher power can give us such release, such ease in our life, that we can be relieved of the burden of self that has caused us so much suffering. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real interchange and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. 
there is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.